If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Your holster is way more important than you think it is. It's just way more important than you think it is. Look, and I get that. The holster's not the sexy part of carrying firearms, right? You want to talk about your weapon and your ammunition. You want to talk about your safety training. You want to talk about how you did at the range. Oh, look at my groups. I was doing these failure drills today. And all that stuff's really important. I mean, really, really important. I'm not discounting that. But I've known so many people who do all those things. They take all the necessary steps. And then they carry with a holster they bought from a big box hunting store that was made a thousand at a time. Please, don't put your life in one of those holsters. You need to trust Northwest Retention Systems because it's all custom-made gear. It's the only thing I carry around. NWRetention.com. That's NWRetention.com. Use the promo code JESSE. Get you 10% off. This is The Jesse Kelly Show. It's Inauguration Day. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm not crying. It does suck, though. <laughs> and look, we'll get through this together. I promise. We're going to have fun today. We're going to have fun. You know what? Screw that. We're going to have fun for four years. We're going to have four years of fun on this show or whenever they fire me. We are. Today's going to be a rough one. It's... uh. 
it's not easy to take in everything that's about to happen. And it's so overwhelming. It's so drastic, the change, that everyone kind of has that, <laughs> like that breath taken away moment going on right now. It's all right. Follow me on social media at Jesse Kelly DC, Twitter, Instagram. You can email the show today, Jesse at jessekellyshow.com. If you have to cope with what's going on, that's fine. You can call 877 377 4373. That's why right. Jewish producer Chris just said it's like a gut punch. It is. It really is. It's that, oh, this, this hurts. And it's not just that it hurts, you have that feeling in your head. This is going to hurt for a little while. <laughs> it's all right, man. It's all right. We'll get through it, I promise. And there's so much going on today, and our history story is so vast. It's not like like a specific battle or a specific mobster or this spy or something. It's, it's kind of I wanted to do an overarching thing that we haven't talked enough about on the show. I actually may do, probably am going to do, a two-parter. You may have to sit down and wait until tomorrow. See that? That's called living them in suspense, Chris. (laughs) But let's go first. Before we get into the media loving all over Joe Biden, the policy changes coming. Donald Trump's pardons that have everybody mad. Before we get into all that, let us go to a little place I famously hate called Italy. I'm kidding. I don't hate Italy and I don't hate Italians, but it is so fun to put out that old-timey racism just because it's so dumb, right? It's so fun. I don't know why I've always thought that was that was hilarious. Like, I hate Italians. Why? (laughs) Anyway, Italy. World War II era Italy. Let's talk about it for a moment. Let's talk about Mussolini for a moment. You hear the words fascist, fascism a lot today. It's a famous thing leftists are constantly calling anybody on the right today. And I'll actually explain why here in just a moment. But understand, fascism is just, I find all these things, all these different names for the same thing to be funny. Fascism is just a monarchy. It's just a dictatorship. But we live in an era now, you and I, we're blessed to live in an era where the West, the West, the Western world has kind of settled on democracy slash republic as being the preferred form of government. Obviously, we're drifting hard away from that now, but we've, we live in general in that era. Freedom good, oppression bad, don't really want one man in charge. Ooh, communism, that's not good. Oh, but they're teaching it in your schools. I'm not going into that right now. But Mussolini, Hitler... These two guys, you have to understand the era where they rose to power. Fascism, disliked by many back in their era, but by many, it was the preferred form of government. You weren't some kook if you were out there saying, oh, man, I'm, I'm pro-fascist. 
That sounds ridiculous to you and I today. What? Wait, what? You're pro-fascist? To them, at that point in time, that was considered as the world was still shifting away from traditional monarchies like things had you know, generally been throughout history. As the world was shifting away from that, the world was still trying to figure out, well, okay, no monarchy. We, we've always had a monarchy. There's no, there's no, what are we, what are we supposed to, what, a group of people? Well, I don't understand. The world was still having a hard time adjusting. And this was, you know, centuries in the making. You know, Napoleon's era. Do we want to be a republic? Do we want a king? It takes a long time to shift mind frames, to shift entire systems. And Mussolini rose up in Italy as a fascist. You know that as basically a curse word today, especially with the left. But that's really how he rose. Frankly, that's how Hitler rose, too. Hitler didn't rise on, so I'm going to be some democratic leader where you, the people, you will decide. I, I just, I'm a, I'm a servant of the people. That's not how they ran. Now, they ran as populists because everybody runs as a populist. They call it populism because it's popular. But they weren't calling themselves, you know, men, I want you to be free. It was different back then. And... As a brief side note, I don't want to get sidetracked off my story too much, but I might today. There's just so much going on. Do you want to know why the left calls you a fascist? Do you really want to know why that's become, you know, the thing? Fascist, fascist. He's a fascist. You're a fascist. Do you want to know why? I'll tell you what. I'll give you my word because I don't want to get too sidetracked off the history story. I will tell you why the left calls you a fascist in the second hour. It's going to be extremely controversial when I tell it to you. It's going to make people upset. It might even make you upset. You're welcome to call and yell at me, 877-377-4373. But you're going to have to hear me out because I'm right. All right, back to Italy. Mussolini rises to power. Hitler rises to power. And both of them rise to power in eras where their countrymen are... Down. There's been some down years for their country, certainly for Germany post-World War I. Italy, I mean, honestly, since Rome had total control of the peninsula, they were always fighting somebody. That was the famous place of the city-states, and you had Genoa, you had this. They were always, they were always divided, always fighting outsiders, always fighting each other. We talked about this when we did a show kind of based in Italy a little while ago. Understand that Italy famously, especially, like I said, post-Rome, I mean, heck, even during Rome, they fight each other a lot. And it's not a friendly Texas versus Oklahoma rivalry. Oh, Oklahoma's a bunch of dirtballs. Oh, I hate Texas. We're, we're really pretty much the same. We, we get along actually very well. It is not like that at all <laughs> in Italy. They have historically slaughtered each other. Oh, we're not getting along. Uh, I'll meet you at the border, Oklahoma. Bring your rifle. Someone's going to die. It's that kind of like ugly blood rivalry stuff. And passed down from generations. Why did you kill uh, this, this young man? Well, his great uncle killed my uh, third cousin's brother. Well, that was like 80 years ago. But yeah, I haven't let it go. That, it's that kind of thing. So Mussolini 
when he rises, he's always in charge, right? He is, he is a dictator, and he famously cracked down on the mafia. He slaughtered the mafia guys because he didn't want to share any power there. But he was always fighting against factions in his own country. His, his hold on power was never as solid as Hitler was once Hitler took power. Germany wasn't nearly as divided as Italy was at the time. And Hitler killed everybody who opposed him, famously. And I'm not, even, I'm not even talking about the Jews. We aren't at, remember, in our story today for most of it and, and Hitler's rise, Hitler was a dangerous man, a dictator. He wasn't a Holocaust Hitler quite yet. We, nobody knew he was going to turn into that. All right, we're going to continue talking about Italy. And then we have fascism. Joe Biden's inauguration. And Trump's terrible pardons. Hang on. There is something that stays with you when you watched loved ones go through heart problems, heart attacks, heart surgeries. I, I have had the displeasure of, of having that in my own life. And when you're looking at somebody laying there in a hospital bed, you tell yourself some things. And one of the things you tell yourself is, I'm going to take care of my heart. I'm going to do the best I can do to make sure that's not me. And obviously there are a million and one ways to take care of your heart. I don't have to break it all down for you. I'm not a doctor. But one thing I do know is this. The easiest way I've found is to eat two Super Beats heart chews a day. That's it. It doesn't get any easier. Go to superbeats.com slash jesse. That's superbeats.com slash jesse. That gets you two free 30-day supplies. Superbeats.com slash jesse. Jesse Kelly returns next. But his aides are, are, have made really clear it's not like he's trying to ignore or paper over uh, either what happened at the Capitol two weeks ago or what we've been through uh, throughout four years of the Trump presidency. And the contrast on display tonight was so stark. I mean, those lights that are that are just shooting out from the Lincoln Memorial uh, along the reflecting pool, it, I look, it's like almost... Uh, extensions of Joe Biden's arms embracing America. It was a moment where the new president came to town and sort of convened the country in this moment of remembrance, uh, outstretching his arms. <laughs> it's going to be it's going to be a long four years. <laughs> what is wrong? Honestly, what? I'll get back to Italy in just a second. In all seriousness. As a dude, I can't speak for ladies. I'm not a lady. As a dude, even if I loved somebody, like a politician, I don't love politicians, but even if I loved a politician, how can you say that on camera and not be embarrassed with yourself? 
I genuinely mean that. Am I, Chris, am I the weird one? Like, am I the bad one? I, I would go home that night and I would look in the mirror. And it's not like I haven't had these moments before. But I would look in the mirror and be all, what is wrong with you? And you know what? The, you know what? I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't be able to answer my phone if my dad called. I bet my da- if my dad saw something like that, he would call, and it'd probably just be silence on the other end. I'd be all, hey, Dad, and it would just be tss. You know what, Chris? Play it again. Play it again. I want to hear-, hear this again. What What does this dude, he went home that night. I mean, you know, got, got into his jammies or whatever and-, and got ready for bed, and at one point he looked up and he looked in the mirror, and he remembered what he said. What does this dude say to himself in that moment? But his aides... Are, are, have made really clear it's not like he's trying to ignore or paper over uh, either what happened at the Capitol two weeks ago or what we've been through uh, throughout four years of the Trump presidency. And the contrast on display tonight was so stark. I mean, those lights that are that are just shooting out from the Lincoln Memorial uh, along the reflecting pool, it, I look, it's like almost extensions of Joe Biden's arms embracing America. It was a moment where the new president came to town and sort of convened the country in this moment of remembrance, uh, outstretching his arms. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I get back to the history story. And you know what? That might not be. I, that might not be the worst one we're going to play you today. There's so much of that out there. Oh, gosh. All right. Quit. We're supposed to be down today, Chris. We're supposed to be down. Back to Italy. All right. Hitler, Mussolini, they're rising. This is definitely going to be a two-parter. I simply cannot focus today. But Hitler, Mussolini, they rise up. They take control of their country. Both of them, if you have to say anything nice about two genocidal maniacs, both of them at least hated communists. We share that in common. Mussolini, the war breaks out, right? They had known each other, Hitler and Mussolini, before the war. And they saw each other. Hitler obviously always saw himself and the German people as being above all others, which clearly displayed itself later on in the war. But Mussolini really thought the same way. I mean, fascists in general, somebody like that, a fascist nationalist like that, generally thinks in those terms. Now, Mussolini didn't quite take the steps that Hitler took, but they, they had the same general mentality. So there was a kinship there in Europe as communism was on the rise and this country was having trouble and this country was having trouble. They, they got to know each other before the war. The war breaks out. You know, Hitler's invading. Mussolini, it, it, look, it's not, when I make fun of Italians, it's not all baseless. It really was a rough show for Italy during the war. And I'm trying to defend them. Let me give you a little World War II stat here. In defense of Italy and their performance, which I'm about to just hit a couple points on. Remember what we talked about? There's a great line in that movie, Man on Fire, when he's teaching Denzel Washington. He's awesome. He's teaching some little girl how to swim and swim faster. And she says something about being tough. And he says to her, and it's so painfully true. There's no such thing as tough. There's trained and there's untrained. You think of our Navy SEALs, Green Berets today, and you think of them as the biggest studs in the world. And you're right. I mean, there are very few units, British SAS, Israel has some, very Russia, Spetsnaz. There are very few units that can come close to matching their proficiency, right? 
Well, you know what all those units have in common? Spetsnaz, Israel, SAS, our guys. Money. They all have the money. They all have the resources to ensure their guys have more time with the trigger under their finger than the other guys. Their guys have shoot houses to practice on. Their guys have the most advanced explosives and have the time and resources to practice with them. Their guys can fly all over the world. That is the difference. So much of our success militarily here in America... You and I like to attribute it to the warrior spirit, which we do have. I mean, that does matter culturally. That's why we do Medal of Honor Monday every Monday. But truth is, a lot of it simply comes down to budget. You know why the the infantry units in 29 Palms, California, in the Marine Corps where I was, you want to know why they famously do well when they're fighting somebody? Because we had all the space we needed and we never lacked for ammo. It, it would, if you had told us we were out of ammo, we can't go practice today, we would have laughed and thought it was a joke. You just had boxes and boxes of it. You had warehouses of it. Okay, here, how much do you need? Let's load it all up on a truck. And that is not normal. Other countries in the world, today and always, ah, uh, here, you have five rounds to train today. I'm not making that up. There are units who train once every few years with actual real weapons. So am I, an infantry marine in 29 Palms, going to be better and, quote, tougher than the other guy? You bet. Do you know what Germany's military budget was at one point here? $7 billion in 1945 money. That's a lot of money. You know what Italy's was? $700 million. They simply didn't have the economy to support having a good military. And like all, you know, fascist dictators, they get they get ele- or they get elected or they seize power and they put on the military uniform and they put a bunch of fake medals on there and everyone's all generalissimo. Woo-hoo! They like to add up a big military. They like to add a big military to it. Well, just because you got a million guys there don't mean any of them are worth anything. It doesn't mean they have good weapons. It doesn't mean they have enough ammo. It doesn't mean they have enough food. Remember, that is what an army runs on. Food, water, tanks, planes, naval ships. We're going to get into that in a moment. Italy simply didn't have the budget to support having a decent military, which is why their World War II military experience, if you even want to call it that, is so embarrassing. It's really, really bad. That's where all those great Italian jokes came from. Why does the Italian Navy have a glass-bottom boat to look at the old Italian Navy? What, Chris? Don't laugh at that. That's going to get us in trouble. All right, we're going to keep on with this story. Dude. I'm going to get as deep into it as I can. It's definitely going to parts. There's just so much other stuff to get to. Jesse at jessekellyshow.com. Jesse at jessekellyshow.com. 877-377-4373. Mussolini had a million men in Africa. Obviously not trained, not well-equipped, but a million men in Africa. Well, this was a problem because the British were in Africa. They were in Egypt. Italy starts closing in. Uh Uh-oh. Hang on. 
you're never completely ready to adopt a teen. For late nights writing English papers. For your teen's music taste. For dinners, where they talk more on their phone than with you. For the first time, they call you mom. You're never completely ready to adopt a teen, and you can't imagine the reward. To learn more about adopting a teen, visit AdoptUSKids.org. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, AdoptUSKids, and the Ad Council. Ladies and gentlemen, we have arrived in Philadelphia. Local time is 3.05 p.m. and the temperature is 67 degrees. At this time, you are now free to use your cellular devices. You know that feeling when you get to turn your phone on after the plane lands? You can have that feeling every time you drive. Make sure your cell phone is stowed away whenever you are behind the wheel. Visit StopTextStopRex.org, a message brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration, Project Yellow Light, and the Ad Council. The selfishness that has kind of suffocated the land was held at arm's length for a moment. We've needed a national ritual to mourn so that we can think about the mourning. Thinking about all of those folks who just for the moment, the nation shared their grief. Oh, what a first step, what a beautiful step. So I'm, I'm gonna, you know, I'm reminded of the psalmist. You know, he heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. Um, maybe the death will speak to us now. Maybe they can rest now. Well, at least, at least we're all taking a calm, reasonable approach to the Biden presidency. Gosh, geez. what are we supposed to do? Chris, they're quoting the Bible now. And by the way. We're going to continue on Italy here before I get to the rest of this inauguration stuff. Trump's pardons. The Trump's the Trump faithful are up in arms today. Up in arms today, mad at him. So we'll we'll get to that. We're going to address all that. But I do have to give credit where it's due to Jewish producer Chris. He dug up a three-second audio clip of Mussolini saying spaghetti. One, that's insulting, Chris. Two, that's hilarious. Please play it now. Paschetti! Wait, wait. That's Paschetti, not spaghetti. No, say it again. Play it again. Paschetti! <laughs> Chris, does that mean two different things and we're screwing this up here? You know, let's just move on. We've offended everybody at this point in time. All right, back to Italy. Mussolini has a bunch of people... Bunch of troops in Northern Africa. Britain has people all over Egypt. The Italians close in. Yeah, we're gonna go get these Brits. They far outnumber the Brits. Let's let's go get the Brits. We're gonna we're gonna go get them. The British absolutely slaughter the Italians. Like I said, it, 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 the entire war performance by Italy was really bad. Britain, highly trained troops, excellent troops, again, had the budget to make sure they were trained really well, stomped them. Hitler, exasperated, but realizing it's really, really important to keep the Allies bogged down in Northern Africa, 
famously sends a bunch of troops down there to keep the allies bogged down in northern Africa. And from a macro view, you need to understand this. Maybe even pull up a map. I, I, tell, I tell you to do this a lot because it helps visualize the situation. You don't have to, though. Just picture Europe. Hitler's taking over Europe. Has taken over huge portions of it by this point. He's taking over Europe. Hitler knows. He knows there's going to be some kind of an allied response to try to take it back. Either all of it or some of it. And very similar to the Japanese strategy in the Pacific of seize all these islands, seize this gigantic circle of an area, then dig it and fortify it and make it too difficult, too costly to take back. Hitler was really doing the same thing in Europe. And Hitler was smart enough, and I should honestly give more credit to the outstanding military advisors he had around him. Remember, Germany had some of the best generals out there. It's just Hitler was such an idiot, he kept overruling them for half the war. Hitler's military minds realized, okay, we can't just guard the gates of Europe. If we can keep them away from the gates, occupied away from the gates, that would be a huge, huge benefit. Hint, hint, wink, wink, GOP, are you listening? We'll get back to that in a second. But when you get your allies bogged down in northern Africa, send some troops down there. See what you can do. Now, Mussolini, after getting slapped around in Africa, is embarrassed. He is famously a very proud man, as most fascists are. A very proud man and feels... Feels like he's got a little bit of little brother syndrome when it comes to Hitler. Big brother Hitler had to send in his German army to help him out. And now he's not contributing. And it goes beyond that. When you're seizing power like that, and Democrats are going to start running into this very, very shortly. When you're seizing power like that, it's not long. It doesn't take long before you start eyeing up the guy to your right and eyeing up the guy to your left and trying to figure out, how are we going to divvy all this up in the end? And if you're Mussolini and all you've ever done is get slapped around during the war, you're not going to get a very piece of that pie, that pizza pie. Oh, quick, Chris. We can make jokes. He knows he's not going to get a very big piece of the pie. He decides he's going to try and invade Greece. Well, it wasn't well thought out. You see, Britain, because of their navy, their incredible navy, and because they had so many troops in North Africa and knew they really had to have a presence everywhere, Britain had the Mediterranean on lockdown. They had the island of Malta, I will let you look up for yourself where the island of Malta is. Just know, you know the uh, the Italian boot? Everybody knows the Italian boot shape. Well, off the point of that boot, directly off the point of it, is this big, huge island, Sicily. Just south of that island, I mean, out in the Mediterranean, in the heart of it, is a smaller island, much, much smaller, called Malta. Britain 
had a place there. They were dug in there. The Italians wanted it. The Italians decided to go after it and go after it hard because they really needed Britain out of the Mediterranean so they could go take Greece. It didn't work. It didn't work. Again, the Brits, give them credit, their military history is outstanding. It's outstanding. They slapped the Italians around so badly. The Italian Navy got pounded into dust in the Mediterranean. The island of Malta held out against Italian assaults. They cannot get, they tried so hard, they could not possibly get the British out of Malta. So your invasion of Greece is now garbage. And now you're Mussolini. You have no successes, but it's more than just no successes. And pay attention because this applies to politics today, war today. It always applies. When you're showing too much weakness, that's not a, oh, you're just being a macho male thing. It's important not to show weakness because eventually your enemies smell blood. You want your enemies to think you're strong, even if, the, even if you're not. And even if you are strong, you don't want them to think you're weak or they're going to attack and try to find out just how weak you are. By now, FDR, Churchill... They're starting to try to come up with a plan to take Europe back from this madman Hitler. And if you're standing there, I know you've seen it in the movies or maybe you've seen it in real life, and you have this gigantic map of Europe, map of the world, sitting in front of you. And you're looking at Europe and you see Hitler has control of it. And, well, we still have Britain. We definitely can stage some troops up there. That's for sure. But wait a minute. What about Italy? Why don't we go up from the bottom? What's stopping us from going up through Italy? Looks like a gigantic soft underbelly, doesn't it? In 1943, Churchill and FDR met. It's famous. It's called the Casablanca Conference. The Casablanca Conference. They joined. They got together Decided on a path forward. Now, where was Stalin? Oh, I'll answer that question, and then we're probably going to have to move on to the news of the day. This is going to have to be a two-parter. Sorry, that's the way it goes. Hang on. Follow, like, and subscribe on social at Jesse Kelly Show. One in three adults has prediabetes. One in three. That means it could be you, your football buddy, your football buddy, or you, your best man, your worst man, you, your dog walker, your cat jogger. While one in three adults has prediabetes, with early diagnosis, prediabetes can be reversed. Take the risk test at doihaveprediabetes.org. That's doihaveprediabetes.org. Wait, did they just say one in three adults has prediabetes? That's 33.33333% of adults. That means it could be me, my boss, or my boss's boss, or me, my favorite sister, or my other sister. That's seven members of my 21-person romantic book club. (gasps) 
<gasps> Wait, the one in three could be me, my karaoke partner Carol, or ugh, my karaoke anime Jeff. I'm going to take the risk test at doihaveprediabetes.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council and its pre-diabetes awareness partners. someone um, who believes in the possibility of reconciliation. Um, a lot of my faith heroes and heroes in service are people like John Lewis, who were able to be reconciled to those um, who opposed them at times even violently. Um, but part of my understanding of um, how we should conduct ourselves in this world is that true reconciliation only comes after repentance. And I'm looking to see whether my colleagues um, reflect on the chaos and violence of last Wednesday and take any responsibility for it and in any way show a sense of uh, responsibility for it um, that could lay the groundwork for reconciliation. That sounds like unity and healing is going really well. Going very well. All right, where was Stalin during this conference, during the Casablanca conference? He wasn't there. He was busy trying to make sure Stalingrad and Moscow didn't fall, and both of them were in mortal danger at this time. Now, the only reason I bring up Stalin, this has nothing to do with him, this story in general, is because everything does tie together. One part of a battle, one part of a war, politically and otherwise, is always tied to another. They all work together. Stalin is in very, very, very serious trouble. If he loses Stalingrad in Moscow, it's over. It's over. Hitler now has conquered the Soviet Union. Now, that may sound like music to to your ears and my ears because of communism, but uh, Nazism, also not ideal. Maybe you haven't heard. It's kind of disgusting. And Hitler, he's licking his chops. FDR and Churchill know this. They know they must do something. They have to do something to help Stalin out. And they're not in a position to dive into the Soviet Union. Just logistically, they're not in a position to start throwing their own troops in there. And we're sending tanks and food and everything else, but we can't get troops there. Not in that way. Not in a meaningful way and definitely not in time. But we can do something, right? And there's an old, there's an old saying about war from Sun Tzu. And so basically, I'm going to take credit for it. So Sun Tzu and I both, what, Chris? Sun Tzu and I both said this. Do not attack what is strong, attack what is weak. If you're FDR, if you're Churchill, you know you have to do something to pull the full Nazi forces away from focusing only on Stalin. Why don't we go into Italy? Why don't we go after the soft underbelly of Hitler's Nazi Europe? And they do. They go to Italy. But soft underbelly did not turn out to be that soft at all. It turned out to be one of the most brutal military campaigns in all of World War II, and people don't even know about it. And we are going to talk about that tomorrow. Now, 
Do not attack what is strong. Attack what is weak. I have had 10,000 emails of people stressed, concerned. What are we going to do? What's this going to mean for us? Are they going to do this? Are they going to do that? Are they going to do this? And I'm I'm not complaining about the emails. I'm going through what you're going through. Understand that. I go home and I have these same moments. I have private conversations with my friends about this stuff too. Man, it's really not good. It's this. And that. I, I'm going through it too. I'm not somehow insulated from it because I, I make my living in this world. I love this country. I really don't want to see it go down the toilet. I'm going through what you're going through. So don't stop sending them. Jesse at jessekellyshow.com. Jesse at jessekellyshow.com. Don't stop sending them. And remember, we have Emerald Robinson coming up here shortly. She's going to talk about Trump's pardon list. And, man, people are so mad about it. And we have Brandon Darby. Darby's actually coming up in about 30 minutes. He's going to talk about this migrant caravan now coming and what Joe Biden's going to do, not going to do about it. So we got good guests coming up. But I know what you're going through. People are so concerned, and when you get concerned, when you get scared, when when you get angry, you want to do something, and that's a good thing. You know, when you, when you get to the point where you're just despondent and don't want to do anything, that's where you're in trouble. If you want to do something, that's fine, but we should do the things that benefit us, right? Let's let's do something that benefits us. It was my biggest problem with the coronavirus stuff in the very beginning, the coronavirus response. Everything we did was let's do something. Whoa, 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 whoa. You don't you don't stop an economy just so you can do something. Let's let's wait and make sure that's the right course of action, huh? Because that's quite a drastic step. Oh, my toe hurts. Somebody cut off my leg. We have to do something. Well, maybe we should check it out first. Maybe you think, maybe you want to do something right now. You should. You're not helpless. You should do something. I should do something. We have to change our focus and we have to make sure we're not attacking what is strong. We're attacking what is weak. What do I mean by that? I'll tell you in a second. You know, your house smells. Don't get mad. Don't get mad. My house smells too. I'm not, I'm not indicting you. I'm sure you keep a clean home, but just time means you're going to acquire smells, whether those are cooking smells that get in your paint, your carpet. Maybe they're animal smells. Maybe you're a smoker or someone else was. Just living creates smells. I didn't realize that my home had a smell to it until I got my first Eden Pure Thunderstorm, the greatest air purifier I've ever ever owned in my life. This thing, I had it plugged in for two hours. I came back in the room and my air smelled so clean. I now own three of them. I'm not making that up. This thing has absolutely changed me on top of what it's done for my allergies. Go get one, get two, be like me and get three. Go to EdenPureDeals.com. Make sure you use the promo code JESSE that gets you 10 bucks off and free shipping. EdenPureDeals.com, promo code JESSE. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick 
and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., we dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.